0: On today's show, we're back. It's trade deadline dash season, a podcast every day until the trade deadline. We're doing part two of our conversation with Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report about the rumors around the Dallas Mavericks. And then we'll bring our analysis and talk about should the Mavericks go after some of these guys? Do they have to now that the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade has happened? So we'll talk about all that with Jake and each other on today's Lockdown Mav. I'm Luca Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast.
1: the Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions.
2: Don't believe you shouldn't be
0: here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager from the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right. Today we're doing part two of our interview with Jake Fisher. If you missed part one, go listen to the second half of yesterday's podcast where we're talking about the all-star starters, the voters and all that. But this is the second half of my conversation with Jake Fisher. If you want to go to YouTube, search the chapters and they will be there for easy access for you on these. So let's hear from the guy, Jake Fisher bleacher report about all the rumors surrounding the Dallas Mavericks. And then you'll hear from us on those I mentioned John Collins in the first segment. Um, You reported, you know, Collins has a lot of fans around the league. Dallas has been frequently linked to him, you know, in the past. The Hawks are in this really weird situation where, I mean, they they, if the season ended right now, they wouldn't be in the play in. How desperate is a team like that gonna be? And what does desperate look like for a team like the Hawks? Would they just be willing to we gotta make some kind of shakeup, we gotta do something and trade John Collins, or are they still gonna hold their pieces close to the vest?
2: they're not holding their pieces close to the vest right now. I mean, they're calling around on John Collins. I think Danilo Gallinari's Dan- 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 name has been very, very available. Bogdanovich's name sounds very available. Um, I don't think Kevin Herter, to a lesser extent, DeAndre Hunter to, I mean, definitely to a lesser extent being available, but they're listening and they're open to listening on everyone outside of Trey and Clint, from my understanding, and they're being active in making calls on John and other dynamics. So hell yeah, they're trying to get better. I mean, since they made the Easter Conference Finals last year, they paid all these guys. They they handed over the reins to Nate McMillan, um, and they're invested in this group. So um, they got to figure out a way to to inch back closer to where they were last year, or else like they're going to be in some trouble moving forward. So, yeah, I wouldn't say they're desperate, but um, I mean, I haven't talked to anybody there who sounds desperate.
0: <laughs> but, Jake, please, we need somebody.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they're they're looking to do stuff for sure.
0: Interesting. Uh, the John Collins fit with Porzingis never seemed like something that was a, a great fit. It seemed like it was okay. But to me, I think they would have to try and maybe move on from Porzingis to get a John Collins. Do you see some kind of deal centered on that that the Hawks would be interested in? Or do you think Collins' value is too high for some sort of KP Collins move?
2: I don't have it verified how much um, he... Is going for, but I don't think the. Pr- I mean, if they're actively calling on him, the price can't be that high. It really can't. Um They never really had great interest in signing him to that contract anyway, right? Like I've been writing that all yeah. along. Where he, you know, they, they were difficult negotiations, and he wanted four over twenty, and he only got five one twenty-five. Which I get it, only one hundred twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds nice yeah, for John Collins, but. Think back to Gordon Hayward in Utah where um, he went out and got his offer sheet and then um, the Jazz never really offered for him. And then flash forward a couple years later when he's the big fisher for agency, like he left for Boston. Like John Collins, I think in a similar sense, like has never really felt fully valued by the Hawks. So I think he's open to new new scenery. Um, and they definitely seem to be looking to move him. So I, I, I can't imagine – like the price for John Collins right now, from my understanding sounds lower than the price for miles Turner, Devonta, Sabonis wow. or Jeremy Grant.
0: Some of these players, it's so hard to, to like find the right fit, right? John Collins doesn't fit as well as a Jeremy grant or even a miles Turner. You just know cleanly where those other guys seem to fit. Um, yeah. You mentioned Jeremy grant here, uh, your colleague over at, at bleach report, Eric pinks, pink has talked about the Mavericks as maybe a dark horse interested in Jeremy grant. Um, the package that he mentioned was was Dorian and Dwight Powell. I don't think that gets it done for Jeremy Grant. How far off is that kind of a package for a guy like Jeremy Grant?
2: He's been – I mean, definitely someone – I mean, he fits everywhere, right? Right. And that's why we've seen over a dozen teams link to him. It's, it's going to be pricey to get him. Um, I don't – I'll be curious to see what the ultimate price is because there is such a, a wide market, but – and the offers that we're hearing right now haven't really been too incredible. It's been the Jazz Joe Ingles and their 2027 20, first or whatever that pick is. It's been the Lakers future first and THP and Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> and the Bulls don't want to put Patrick Williams on the table. Um, Atlanta, I, th- I, I don't know for certain what their offer has been, but I mean, I've been told that DeAndre Hunter is not the piece that they'd want to send out for Jeremy. So John Collins would seem to be the only likely piece that would fit the Pistons asking price of wanting a young player or a first. So like, are, are they willing to give a first and John Collins to go to Jeremy Grant? Like, I don't know about that. Um, I mean, they just got that extra pick back from the Knicks. So
0: for huh? um,
2: maybe, maybe that's a pick they would be willing to part with. Um, but yeah, I it's, it'll be, I'm just curious to see, um, I mean, it's going to be a bidding war and, and there's going to be a ton of teams and it, it's going to come down to which team ultimately puts most of the chips on the table. Um, like I'd imagine Portland, I was saying this earlier, like the Pistons had interest in Powell and free agency. So I, can, I, I can't I can imagine the, the Blazers are trying to, they're, they're rushing to get put a Sir Little or Anthony Simons on the table. So it would make sense that Norm Powell is the guy if they're trying to get moved there. Um, so the Pistons have a variety of different options they're going to be able to choose from, and they could also just keep Jeremy Grant. You know, he could be an integral piece that they brought him in to begin with. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of different outcomes that can stem from from his his trade candidacy, if you will.
0: Coming up, we'll end here on the Boston Celtics. We'll get into Marcus Smart and the Dennis Schroeder has been linked to the Mavericks as well. We'll talk about that situation with them. We'll talk about that with Jake coming up. All right, Jake. Let's get into our last team here, the Boston Celtics. They're also in a weird spot. Not, not maybe as desperate as the Hawks would be, but they're five hundred. It seems like they're wanting to shake things up. There's all these kind of rumors and reports around uh, around them. Uh, your colleague Eric Pincus from Bleacher Reports c- connected the Mavericks and the and Marcus Smart. That's also been that has been linked in the past. He was a guy that's from Dallas, and uh, we've seen him around these parts. And then Dennis Schroeder from your reporting is also, you know, there's a strong possibility that Austin is trying to trade him. They can't re-sign him because they don't want it. They're trying to avoid the tax. And so they don't want to re-sign him uh, and keep him next season. And the Mavericks have been linked to them. Uh, what are the possibilities of those two guys getting dealt? And then do you think the Mavs would still be interested in those guys?
2: So it's Smart and Schroeder, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I heard from an outside Dallas source that they had poked around on Smart the Mavericks pushed back on that um, when I asked them about that yesterday. Um, I mean, I think Boston is is calling around and trying to see what Smart can get them. Um, so, I mean, I am sh- i wouldn't be surprised if they called Dallas. And that's where that came from, the the Dallas interest, that it came from the Celtics' interest in trying to um, make moves there. And obviously there's synergy in those two front offices from the the, the Josh Richardson trigger that you mentioned up top. Um, but. Schroeder, I think, is probably far more realistic in terms of a a Dallas marriage, if you will. Um, I mean, from the stuff I've heard that the Celtics are thinking Smart can get them, I don't know if there's a player on the Mavericks roster that they would trade Marcus Smart for rather than – or maybe there'd be two pieces that they'd want to get back for him. Um, Like, I think they're using Smart or trying to use Smart to get a third guy for Tatum and, and, and Brown of sorts, or to get two more solid rotation pieces to grow alongside those guys, I don't really know how that puzzle fits the Mavericks' pieces. Right? Like, right? Is is Maxi Kleba and someone else, you know, going to really move the needle for Boston? You know, I'm not. I'm not so sure. But I mean, it could happen. I mean, I think a lot of teams in the league would love to have Marcus Smart on their team. So um, sure. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a pretty robust interest for him. Um I'll be curious to see where he does end up going if he does get moved.
0: We talked about on yesterday's show a you know a, a Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson for Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder type trade, where you know the the Celtics get their the point guard that could possibly you know help you know run that offense a little bit around those two wings, and then the Mavericks get, you know, a sort of replacement with Dennis Schroeder for for Jalen Brunson and then Tim Hardaway Jr. And Marcus Smart get flipped out, and that's a, a big plus for the Mavs defensively. How far off do you think a deal is like that? Who says no on that one?
2: Uh, can you give me the terms again? Yeah, yeah.
0: J- yeah, Jalen Brunson and uh and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder.
2: I would be surprised if Dallas wanted to do that.
0: Um really? Yeah.
2: I mean it makes sense, but they love Jalen Brunson like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it's not a bad deal like i I think Dallas is having a meeting over it to to kind of use that proverbial I think they're thinking about it um but t- i mean luca by all accounts loves playing with Tim um you're sacrificing sh- like you're sacrificing shooting in that situation. Yeah. I don't think Dennis or Marcus are known as being marked down guy or knocked down guys, and Luca needs shooters around him um I feel like that deal is more of making a trade for making a trade sake rather than definitively trying to upgrade your roster. I mean, it definitely, I mean, it's not impossible. I, it, do, it doesn't strike me right away though. is something that I think the Mavericks would be pretty excited by. Interesting.
0: Uh, let's end here. Is there anything else you're hearing about the Mavericks? Is there anybody else, a name connected? Is there something that we're not, we're not touching on here? Is there anything else you've heard around them?
2: I'm in mean, the Drogic stuff like we talked about earlier yeah. still looming out there like a big white whale um, are they
0: still wanting to trade him or is it, are they just like waiting around and they're just going to buy him out in the are just like, we'll wait yeah
2: I think it's going to be virtually identical to the Andre Drummond situation last year where they would love to get a second round pick and something back for him I mean there could still be opportunities like I've kind of floated this idea this is not sourced by any stretch but it's like an educated guess of a possibility that could happen. Like if the Clippers wanted to send Eric Bledsoe in a second round pick to get Goran right now, have him in their system and get a point guard that they've kind of been needing and have him locked in for their his bird rights to bring him at a lower number next season, that makes a lot of sense to me. But outside of that or a deal like that where a team wants to just improve on the margin – um and just get the guy that they think they can add him. I mean, Dallas, for example, right? Like they haven't had any need to go out and make that deal because everyone just expects him to get bought out. So yeah, right. I don't think uh, outside of that type of – some team is saying like, I want to go, but it's going to take $20 million of outgoing salary and draft capital to go get Gorondra. That's a steep price to pay. Um, So – he could get moved. I, I I still doubt it, and I still think it's something that I mean a lot of people in the league still expect. Um, at the end of the day, for him to get bought out, um, Drogic would head to Dallas in that scenario. The other talk about Dallas is people have definitely noticed their defensively. Um, the fact that they've become a legitimate, you know, stopping unit around Luka has been as, as key an ingredient as anything. I think of them making the strong push that they've had uh, in 2022 so far. So th- 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 that's kind of wraps it up on all the Mavs stuff out there.
0: Do people believe in the Mavs defense or are they saying, oh, this is kind of smoke and mirrors. They've played this, you know, weird schedule. Uh, players have been out here. Do teams out there, are they believing in taking legitimate defense or is it more of a, like, oh man, the Mavs are like a real legit defense. And this is what Jason Kidd has done with this, almost the same roster as what Rick Carlisle had is real.
2: I haven't heard anyone pounding their chest saying the Mavs are the greatest defensive team in the world.
0: (laughs) I also have I haven't heard
2: people poking holes in it. No. So and teams, team people love to poke holes in other teams. Um, So (laughs) the fact that that hasn't come up yet um, is at least a good sign, I guess. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's good. Jake Fisher, you can go check out his work on Bleacher Report. Again, the book, you can go check it out. It's on his Twitter page, a pinned tweet. If you want to go check it out about all the tanking stuff. We were The Mavs were there not too long ago. The Mavs were in that whole thing, and we were dealing with tanking and doing draft profiles in January and, and all that. Jake, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Nick. All right, coming up, Isaac and I are breaking down all the rumors and stuff that Jake Fisher had to say over these last two parts of this interview. Um, but Before we do, let me tell you about – betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. You can go ahead and check out the games for tomorrow. They're coming They're coming in, man. <laughs> These games are are happening. You can also check out basketball games. You can check out uh, the constant every day, the NBA. You can also go, if you want to check out player props, go to sports, go to player props, and you can do live things. Like right now, um, I could go and I could put in uh, the amount of touchdowns that uh, some of these guys would catch. Okay, hmm. if I want one touchdown for Jamar Chase, that's minus 111. If I want two touchdowns, that's plus 450. So if I think Jamar Chase is getting two or more touchdowns, I put down 100 bucks. I could win $450 on that. So there's all kinds of different things if you search around the website. So go search around it. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris. Now we've heard both parts of our interview with Jake Fisher about the rumors surrounding the Mavericks. Give me your thoughts. I thought the most interesting thing to me about all that was the way he talked about John Collins. Because to me, I felt like John Collins would have more value than, than Christoph Porzingis. And I didn't get that from the way that he was talking about it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that he said that, you know, Atlanta called Dallas as of, you know, late to yeah, kind of say, yeah, recently, you know, to... I'm paraphrasing his exact words on that, but just to see like, Hey, what's, what's up with this, you know, uh, to see their, their interest, you know, here lately. And, and I thought, you know, your question asking about the value of it was it, it, he, and he, his response to it is something that I don't think a lot of people think of very often of him saying, well, if they're actively calling other people right. then that shows you the value of somebody, right. Because if you have somebody that's like super valuable then everybody's like, Blowing up your phone all the time, asking for him, which is what people are doing about
0: Brunson right now. Brunson, yeah. everybody's calling the Mavericks. That's what he said. He said, Everybody that's calling the Mavericks is asking about Brunson. The phone's ringing off the hook. People asking about Brunson because he has value.
1: Yeah. So when he said that about Collins, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's something. I mean, I forget that sometimes when I think of, oh, they're actively calling me. I, I don't really put two and two together of like, oh, dang, their value must suck right now. Um, See, so, yeah, I just I just found that appealing. You know, he talked about the interest in Collins that Dallas has had interest before, but that also dated back to the past regime uh, here in Dallas with Donnie and them. So, how does this current regime view you know somebody like John Collins? I I'm just so intrigued with what his his value is across the league because you know he's still 24 years old you know he just signed that massive extension so he's that, making a ton of money
0: that um, an extension that the hawks did not want to sign him to and kind of reluctantly did which is one of the reasons why they've been shopping him which i found interesting about that
1: yeah so i i, I was trying to pull up his exact numbers here for exactly how much uh, he's on the books for for the next what five years i think he signed it yeah he signed the it's not a mm-hmm. big extension. So he makes 23.5 next year. And then he makes 25.3, then 26.5. And then in 2025, he makes 26.5 again. So it's not like he's making like 35 or 40. He's it's not just, making Westbrook money. So, or you know, Porzingis
0: money even, I mean, he's making significantly less than Porzingis. So sometimes we compare the two guys, but he's making way less. He like almost 11 million less than him.
1: Yeah. So I, I like John Collins. I like his game. Um, I think that was one of the the takeaways from that conversation with Jake is, Oh, his value might be pretty low right now.
0: Pretty like lower than we thought. And yeah, the Hawks are calling about everybody. The Hawks are, the Hawks are in a situation where now they've won five straight games, but and things change in ebb and flow. He also said that um, speaking of the ebb and flow, I found it interesting. This is a little Mavs related, but about how, a player's value changes so quickly, right? Like a Tim Hardaway Jr. As a guy that the Pelicans wanted to sign to this big deal. And now all of a sudden he doesn't shoot well this year and his value would go way down. Now he's injured and out now. So that's very different, but a guy like that, like if Porzingis had just like a really solid, um, you know, really good run here, then maybe that changes his value. It's so crazy how it just changes so fast. It seems like it changes really fast for fans, but it also does for the actual front offices too.
1: Yeah, well, even the the team, like in their stance on the deadline, like he was talking, you know, full disclosure again, I know we said it on yesterday's pod, but that conversation between Nick and Jake happened before the Tim Hardaway injury, yeah. so if it did overlap any uh, in this pod. But, you know, I thought it was interesting when he said, you know, even the intel on Dallas has changed over the past like 10 days. It's like you talk about how like a player's value changes so fast. It seems like, you know, the way he's talking, it's like, even Dallas and like other what teams are you know talking with Dallas and how they're viewing their players is even looks like they're changing because you know they we, we've been asking the question is okay well will this current streak right now will this current Mavs and this this run that they're on this defense everything will it change how they view their team will they want to keep everybody together even more and that's kind of what you know when he was talking about those three role guys if Brunson and Dorian Finney Smith and Maxi is. Hey, yeah, like Dallas, you know they're kind of they've kind of backed off a little bit. They value those guys a lot. People wanting, you know, Jalen Brunson. People are wanting Dorian. He made that line that and, you know some teams generally think that Dorian is more available than than Brunson in that. And so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't, it should be interesting.
0: The Boston guys, I also. Find interesting too. I I pitched him mm. our Brunson and uh, I pitched him our Brunson and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. trade for Marcus Smart and for Dennis Schroeder. Now that trade probably changes with the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade, but he said I don't know why the Mavericks would do that deal, which says to the
1: value of Brunson because teams yeah. are teams value Marcus Smart a lot too. Well, when he said, you know, I think it's one of the first questions. It was probably on yesterday's podcast, but you know, when he said the line of how you know, you asked him basically like, what's the league think of Brunson, these guys right now for the Mavs. And when he threw out there that, you know, teams, the league could be viewing him in that, you know, Fred Van Vliet category of point guards, you know, down the road that really, really good point guard, you know, not top, you know, top five point guard in the league, but Van Vliet might be an all-star this year, you know, all-star reserve coming off the bench. So like, if he reaches that Van Vliet level is, is, if that's how teams are potentially viewing him around the league then that's where that situation we've been talking about that you kind of kind of scared a little bit you know what the summer looked like you you guys both talked about the knicks as that team that you know, was like hey there's <laughs> there's been basically one team that we that he has heard on record you know that has been linked to brunson and stuff for all the connections we've talked about
0: yeah i think the now with the tomorrow jr injury i can't see a move with the Celtics, unless it's just for Schroeder, right? Unless it's just a small move to bring him in, but I'd still be down for that move to bring in Schroeder.
1: Well, okay. So something that we didn't talk about the other day, and it's something the Mavs have in their back pocket is that traded player exception. You know, they still have that. It's a little Mm -hmm. over $10 million. When you look across the league, you look at some guys, you look at some vets. Let's just say the Dragic thing doesn't work out. There isn't a buyout Dragic can't come here, but they're like, you know what? We, we need a vet. Oh, we need a point guard off the bench to kind of you know run some offense score a little bit like i know it's not the sexy move in the world but if you just absorb Shr- schroeder into that you know that tpe schroeder makes what 4 5 million dollars like his contract can, yeah. yeah his his contract can, can fit into that very easy transaction another guy that fits into it kemba walker like yeah. If if that whole thing with New York, I think it Brian Windhorse, it's Brian Windhorst is like, "Hey, you know, New York's out there trying to, you know, clear up a spot for Cam Reddish in the rotation. Kim has obviously been kind of, you know, hit or miss as far as what his minutes look like, but if if New York's just looking to just dump him off on somebody, it's like, "Hey, somebody can just take him. We want to create another rotation spot." His contract fits right into that traded player exception. So if it's like at the last moment, I mean, I we know how we feel about Kemba this year, but if it's at the last moment, Dallas hasn't done anything, and they ship off like a second for Kemba Walker basically for free to go into the you know the TPE to have Kemba come off the bench in that dragutz role that we've been you know thinking about. Sign me up, you know I- I'm fine with that. It
0: seems it seems far fetched to be like oh they're
1: just gonna dump
0: Kemba, but like. He grew up in Brooklyn. He's like a, a real kind of fan favorite there. Before he came and played there, they may want to do right by him. That, that may be, yeah. that comes into factor with some of these things too, where they want to do right by him. They don't want to be known as, well, the team that screwed Kimball Walker and just benched him. They didn't and they, give
1: up anything for him.
0: Yeah. And then they didn't, Then they, then they didn't even uh, make the play in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like they don't want to be that team. So that could happen in that situation. That traded player exception is, is somewhat of an asset that we haven't really talked about a lot. Yeah, that, uh, I think could could really come into play here. Is there any other teams now that we're talking about this? Any other teams or players that you're watching now that we've had a couple of days to think on
1: these? I mean, I'm just so sick and tired about the Ben Simmons stuff. Um,
0: no, he's he's not getting moved, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just really curious on what the deadline's going to look like, right? If he if he doesn't get moved, um, you know, you look at the situation in Indiana. If you know Sabonis doesn't get moved, you know Turner is his injury make him you know is he not going to get traded i thought it was interesting how you just casually jake you know casually threw in there like yeah dallas is you know i i heard the same thing they've backed off their pursuit of miles turner and lavert and he just kept on I'm like lavert like, yeah lavert
0: too they're out on
1: i was on. like they were uh they well were to,
0: to, i took that as and i took the stein quote as i as i thought about it a little bit more the Mavericks came in and said, Hey, we got we got these players to offer. And so the front office went down to Rick and they're like, Hey, what do you think about these players? And Rick's like, Oh no, no, not none of those. Oh no, 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 no. And then they're like, okay, well the Mavericks have backed off their pursuit. Oh, did they, they backed off because Rick Carlisle said he didn't want any of those players. That seems to be the thing that went down with Indiana.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, Portland,
0: the team that the Mavs just played the other night, Portland, They've got all these guys. What are they going to do? Nas Little is now injured, and so does that change some of the things that, that they were going to do? Um, CJ McCollum, is he going to be on the move? There's some rumblings about him with the trade, as there seems to always be. Um, you know, Could it be with the Mavericks? Who knows? But there's a, there's a lot of stuff to be watching out for.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, we're doing the trade deadline dash. This, you know, this pod's out on Saturday. We'll be back and back at it you know, for a Sunday pod tonight. Uh, Rick Carlisle, the Pacers are in town. Uh, that very, very team there. You know, Miles Turner is gonna be enjoying being back in Dallas. Uh, we'll rec- welcome Rick back to the AAC tonight. Yeah. Um, be yeah. Ha- I'm sure there'll be some type of tribute and stuff uh, for Rick tonight. Be curious to see, you know, Luca and them's interactions with him. See if you know Luca chirping a little bit. Rick, Rick has had a history in the past, you know, of chirping with some players on the court here and there. So it'll be something fun to watch and. Then we're back in the groove. I mean, at this point, we're week and a half away from deadline. I mean, it's just going to be rumors that Monday, like two days from now on Monday, there'll be a you know there'll be some pieces dropping, some shams inside pass. Maybe Jake will Jake, Jake will drop his intel drop bucket something. or whatever he calls it. That'll be a, that'll be <laughs> a good a, a good Monday thing, and we'll have another round of of rumors, and we'll have you covered.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There you go, guys. That's our podcast. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down the. Uh, Who do the Mavs play tomorrow? (laughs) Uh, Mavs play the Magic. We'll break down that game for sure and the the Pacers game. We'll break down all those games. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.